0: Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to A Battle Within. If you're new, we welcome you as well. This is our podcast about our life experiences together, dealing with post-concussive syndrome. I'm Drew Neiman, and in a short while, I'll be joined by Terry Neiman, my wife and the inspiration for the podcast. If it's your first time here and you're not exactly sure what post-concussive syndrome is, I'd recommend checking out episode number one. If you would like to learn a little bit more about Terry's backstory, episodes 2 and 3 are a good place to start. Before I get started on some background information for the episode, I just wanted to say thanks. Thanks for listening in. We've had a wonderful experience up until this point building this podcast, and this would not be possible without you. So thank you very much. We are both shocked and flattered with the amount of people we are reaching at this point. Please help us to grow the audience for A Battle Within by sharing with everybody you know. Today's episode, we're going to take a bit of a different approach. I have a few topics that I've been mulling over or have found online. I'm going to bring them up and try to gain Terry's perspective on the topics and ask her about her outlook, feeling, and experiences as a survivor. Here we go. Enjoy. So Terry, yes, in today's <laughs> <laughs> for today's episode, I want to do something slightly different. And mm-hmm. what I'm looking to do is to pose a few questions or things to you that I've come across in the last couple of weeks that I found to be interesting, frankly. I want to see what your perspective is on Well, that.
1: I find them interesting.
0: I, I hope you do. <laughs> okay. So kind of the cool thing about it is because I also took the liberty to, <clears throat> to come up with this premise. And we're going to call these episodes Terry's Takes. Pretty cool, Yeah, isn't it? I
1: saw that on your like, Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I,
0: I kind of teased it a little bit. Even you didn't know about it. <laughs> yeah, I
1: didn't know about it and I still don't know about it. <laughs> All right.
0: So it'll go like this. If you have any objection, we'll just pitch the episode. Fair enough. So here we go. Terry's Take Number One. Ooh. What this is built around is I've been seeing and reading a lot of materials indicating that maybe the traditional treatment of taking a few weeks off for rest in a dark, quiet place may actually be wrong. Some are actually saying it's harmful. Uh, one article that I read was about a professional baseball player. His name is Clint Frazier, who plays for the Yankees. He ran into the wall, giving himself a vestibular concussion about a year and a half or so ago. He struggled recovering from it and really struggled last year and did not do well. But he changed doctors, and his new doctor actually prescribed to him, believe it or not, that going to concerts as part of his recovery would be a good thing. Wow. So he was convinced, uh, Clint Frazier that it is that this new approach is actually what got him back onto the field, even though the setbacks that came were much more significant. And, you know, he struggled, like the recovery time of after Mm -hmm. going out to the concerts and things like that. But he was actually instructed to fight through the symptoms. Mm -hmm. So other things included going to the mall, things like that. The areas where people are getting overstimulated is, is what the doctors turned about. Now, his doctor, Mickey Collins, actually was quoted saying, don't run from the fire, run towards it. When we spoke to Joe last week, He kind of indicated something similar in nature, saying that getting back to work is what actually helped him. My question to you is, what are your thoughts on this topic? Do you think we should have gone to more concerts?
1: (laughs) Uh, That's tough because I think I did a lot and always at times tried frequently, pushed myself, try things. I think that Dr. Rochester was of the belief that physical exercise and trying to do things was good mm-hmm. and helpful. And I think that was the way he leaned, what that's good to try to do. Right, right, you want right. to kind of get to the point where you don't want to go completely overboard, but you want to try it. You want to go and push yourself because it is healing. And I do think that that whole sitting in the dark and not doing anything is kind of antiquated.
0: I, I kind of see that myself. This kind of treatment, do you think that this is a, is a treatment? We're not doctors, so we're not saying that we are. It's just an observation, an article that I read, I'm just, You're just trying looking to... for an opinion, right, an opinion, that type of thing. Do you also think that possibly this kind of treatment should only be prescribed to people like Clint, professional athlete, really driven folks that can handle it, or do you think that this is an approach that should be considered for for generally anybody, and or is it dependent on what their I symptoms are and their injuries are?
1: take not having read that article, right. but just the way I feel about it. I just think that people should pace themselves and push a little bit to see what they can do. The only way to really know whether you can handle something, and we've spoken about this before, right. is to try it. When I went to the U two concert, how was I? I was doing well, right? Yeah. And and I, so how do I know that I can't handle handle it unless I try it? And yeah, it set me back. Yeah,
0: but you also knew going in that it was going to lead to symptoms and recovery was going to be necessary after that. You just didn't realize how bad it was going to be at that particular time. Yeah, because it took a couple weeks. Right, because that particular situation, it took you weeks. You also push yourself quite a bit throughout where you kind of push yourself into the wall and then you recovered. you push yourself Mm -hmm. into the wall, you recovered. So really my overall or overarching question is that, you are not the sit in the room kind of dark person naturally. You kind of pushed yes. and kind of like what Clint Frazier's doctor but I just don't was saying. I think that's for everybody. So I right, just, that's what that's I'm asking.
1: My, yeah. So,
0: or is the is the balance in I, between for I, most people? I, I don't know. I think
1: it's going to be. I just think like each individual concussion is as unique as right. each individual person, and then I think that every case. Needs to be considered for what works for that person and for that particular needs of that concussion, if that makes sense. Like I think that they almost have their own identity.
0: I, I, I agree with that. I mean, I've seen that three times with you, frankly. Each one was a little yeah, different for me. Like I mean, one
1: I would have been able to handle so much more. Right. I mean, I I pers- faster.
0: Right. I've personally witnessed it. What I am excited about with this article mostly is that this guy, Doctor Collins, is actually mm-hmm. challenging the norm. And he has some things that are backing up his perspectives and his reasoning yeah, for it. so so that part I think is good, and I think ultimately could uh, could lean to helping many more people because they're not just using what I call the old science of it at this particular point. And he's really really into it,
1: and supposedly hey, if very it works. It works, right? Why not try it? Anything, I'm okay. game. You know right. me. I'm always game. Yep. Okay. So let's move on to. If I could go to more concerts. Would it be nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, "Ooh, maybe we should have brought Terry more concerts." But no, I'm only kidding. So on to Terry's take number two for the day. Are you ready for this one? I didn't feel like I did that well with number one. You, you did. I'm trying just to get your okay. your initial perspectives.
1: I'm not a doctor. No,
0: I know you're not a doctor. I'm just trying I just to get have an opinion. That's okay. And that's really, what we're trying to do is just have a conversation around All right. this, right? Okay. Yeah, I
1: just don't want anyone to be like, well, "Who are they to say?" You yeah, know?
0: yeah, I, I I know, and that's not what I'm trying to do here. I'm just trying to create awareness and, and help some folks, you know, and ring some bells that maybe they get some ideas and things that's like fine. that. And share what I've learned. On to Terry's take number two. This one is about a blog that's out there, Terry. It's called The Second Chance to Live, one which I find to be pretty good about TBIs, frankly. It's run by a gentleman. His name is Craig J. Phillips, who is 51 years post injury. Wow. Yeah, it's, pre- it's pretty cool on that front. But one thing that he talked about on, his, on your most recent birthday, just a couple of days ago, he released an article about learning styles and head injuries. And he uses himself as basically a case study with this. He says his learning style is different post-injury. To lay some foundational information, people learn in different ways, correct? Right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So they learn three basic ways, visual, which is watching, auditory, which is listening, and kinesthetic, which is doing. So some people learn best through a combination of all three of the styles, and others learn predominantly through one of or two of the styles, right? Is mm-hmm. this everything that you know it to be so far? Yep. Okay. So he makes the case that your learning style may actually change following your brain injury, and as a result, you may become frustrated and want to give up. Hmm. conceptually I can kind of see that where it's a lot of people that we know of that get frustrated post-injury because they can't Hmm. learn something or can't read or whatever the case may be. So my question to you is this. Do you think there's validity in what he's
1: saying? A hundred percent.
0: Okay. So I was
1: a big visual learner. I wanted to always see it, Um, draw me a picture, all that kind of stuff, read it, you know, that kind of stuff. It was a lot I was bringing in of my learning through my eyes. Okay. But because my eyes were problematic, right. and I guess not really, whatever the heck they were doing between my eyes and my brain was not fun. I leaned more into auditory. Right. I right. went through, right. I, wanted See that. To, yep. I wanted to, instead of reading, I wanted to listen to the story. I wanted people to repeat what they were saying. I didn't want them to draw it, nothing. Sometimes it would be all right if they drew it and I can hear it, but I needed to bring in the hearing part with right. it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't that kind of learner before for sure that that was not the way i was and i also really liked doing i still like doing like i like to learn by like oh let me put my hands on it and and do that like that didn't change that part too much it was that whole visual piece and leaning more towards the auditory. right
0: so you were you used to be heavier on the visual side as opposed to the auditory i would say Previously, auditory was kind of probably number three for you. Yes. And now it's probably number one. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's moved right to the front. Yes. I would agree with that. That's what I've noticed as well. Now, when you made the transition or you grew transitioned from it being three to one, was it a period in your life where it made you uncomfortable?
1: I was ticked because I love to read. And I thought, wow, I'm losing so much. And then, two, because I had to adapt – so there was that transition, right? That's piece what I'm asking I was about. Like, that How adaption, do yeah. I do this? Mm-hmm. But, you know, now I'm good. Yeah, I've adapted, and and I'm and I'm okay with it.
0: Did you feel there were any accommodations needed? I mean, I know of one right off the top of my head. Like you needed to get audible, for example, right? Um, that type of thing. All,
1: yeah, definitely audible. And I also do uh, Hula, which is I don't know. It's free with the library, so a lot of times. I'll go with Hula first because it's free. And then if that Hula doesn't have it, I'll go to Audible and use a credit, you know, that okay. kind of stuff.
0: So to recap, you're basically agreeing in your own experience, is what Mr. Phillips is speaking to, that your learning style has changed post concussion. Yes. Okay, fair enough. I thought it was a pretty cool concept. It you is. You know, I, it was something I hadn't thought of before, but it made sense to me when I read it. And that's why I wanted to bring it up because I thought exactly the same way that you did studying you that it did you know it was different for you mine like your project (laughs) apparently (laughs) you know my project (laughs) i'm trying my best to make sure that i do my best to understand what you're going through i can't feel it i can't know it all i could do is try to understand it and if i can understand it then i could be an aid to you i i'm continuously learning because of that you're a good guy i try to be anyway on to the last one of the day terry's take number three You ready for this one? Yeah. Here we go. A few episodes back, we spoke about your battle with depression, and frankly, you were very courageous in talking about it. Recently, a study was published indicating that one in five are at serious risk of developing PTSD and other depressive disorders after a TBI, including concussions, for the first six months after the injury. Right now the need for being aware and setting up appropriate treatment plans with this in mind does not appear to be the norm. Mm -hmm. Patients are not seeing nor getting the follow-up care that are needed, generally from what I've been seeing, and it's just in the general public of PCS world. The report goes on to reiterate that contrary to common assumptions, head injuries such as concussion, can lead to long-term effects. I mean, you and I already know that. Uh, I'm not going to ask you about that if that's real. I mean, we already know the answer. So my questions around this are this. You were lucky in the sense that you were always open and honest with Dr. Rochester about what you were feeling. I think it really helped him tremendously in helping you. Do you think that that would have been different if you weren't so open? And how so?
1: If I wasn't so open with Dr. Rochester? About your feelings, yeah.
0: Do you think you would have gotten the treatment you needed from the from therapist and and whatnot?
1: No, because how would they know what I need if I, I wasn't yeah. advocating for myself or speaking up a little bit about? Oh, first of all, I operate that way where I'm open with people. Really, I tell how I feel and what's going on with me. That's not easy for everybody.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Based on you know, even in talking with some of the folks that we know mm-hmm. that have concussions or post concussion. It seems like they go to the doctor and it's just like whatever the doctor says, the, You know, mm-hmm. they follow those orders, so to speak. They don't always necessarily speak up or might not even be as truthful as they probably should be. And I think I think that leads to some of this. I'm not saying it's all of it or whatever. And every situation is different, but I can see how if the doctor doesn't know, it doesn't get prescribed. They don't know that somebody might need to go see a therapist or mm-hmm. some kind of medication to help
1: them. And because of that, there's not... A, so I think I got... I was really fortunate with Dr. Rochester right. yeah. like a, when we think about like my own sister my, si- my sister she was suffering from concussion and she struggled with right. finding a doctor that really understood and can lead her to what she needed. So right. I'm sure she was vocal and and open and it still was a problem. Is, it was a problem, right? Yeah.
0: And she knows the industry pretty well from her profession, you know, yeah. which made it even weirder. It's hard yeah. to
1: find doctors who Really understand.
0: So, with that all being said, what kind of follow up do you think would be necessary for the doctors to perform in order to make sure people are getting the treatment they need from a depression, not feeling good perspective?
1: Maybe probing questions. Okay. Trying to pull out more than a simple yes/no, like leading-type questions to kind of inquire whether or not they're going. Just maybe even point blank: Are you feeling depressed?
0: I think just flat out saying it, I think it'd be a very good approach. I really do. That's a good way of putting it, Terry. It really is. Do you think there's any value in doctors, quote unquote, prescribing, you know, life support groups as part of a treatment plan?
1: Life support group?
0: Live. Oh, Oh, live.
1: Live support groups. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I always think there's value in human connection. I think that that's naturally the way humans survive. We need each other. Well, that's good, Terry. Did you like Terry's takes
0: for the first time? <laughs> it's all right. Yeah? I'm
1: sweating a little bit. I'm a little bit clenching my hands.
0: <laughs> Why? Again. Did you put me on the spot? But that's the whole idea, though. <laughs> I want to get your, your take, your initial take on it. For you, like anybody else out there, you know the articles that I'm sharing and the resources, I will put in the show notes. Re- in your case, I can share them a little earlier. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah, I could do that. You good? Sure. Before we go, I just wanted to reach out to everybody and say, please take the time to subscribe to the podcast if you're finding it to be useful for yourselves or you feel that anybody could benefit from listening in. We would appreciate that. Please connect with us and tell us your story at a com and on Facebook at a battle Within. Show notes and resources will be available on the website as well as at times on Facebook. Until next time, for those recovering, show yourself some grace. For those who know someone recovering, show them the same and give them a great deal of love. Terry, say goodbye.
1: Goodbye.
0: Take care, everybody. Keep battling.